Please listen carefully. Welcome back to the Focus Target Podcast. Uh, this is episode season three. I guess it's still season three. We didn't talk about what season to do, but we'll keep it at season three until we decide to move to season four. Season three, episode 101 of the Focus Target Podcast. I am your host, Smiley. With me today are Van and Shy. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Somebody started it, senor. It looks it looks like we went from season two to season three at episode seventy one, but I don't know what the point was. Oh, how is your twenty twenty one starting for you? Okay, so it looks like Ooh. we're doing it annually. An annual thing. Okay, yeah. that's actually, so we'll go to season that's four. It's yeah. coming up. A couple more months. Good all on right. us. That's good. Yeah. Sometimes we have to figure these things out as we go. Um. All right, we're here today to talk about Ready Player One. We're actually going to give it the full podcast that it deserves. And, uh, you know, if we run out of time uh, or run out of things to say about it, which seems unlikely, but if we do, then we'll transition to probably Final Fantasy XI talk or something. But um, before that, we have a question of the day. We like to do our question of the day here on Focus Target Podcast. And uh, before even that today, we want to give a small announcement about uh, the future of the podcast. So um, as many of you know, my lovely wife, Sarah, and I are welcoming a new child uh, to our family here probably in the next week or so. Um, you never quite know with babies, but uh, he, he's scheduled to arrive in, in less than a week. So um, because of that, uh, we're going to take a, sh- a brief hiatus from doing podcasts. That way I can focus on my fatherly duties and, uh, and you know, really have some bonding time with our new child. So, um, you know, we are going to take, we're not exactly sure how long. We're, we're looking maybe three to four weeks, tentatively speaking. Uh, hopefully things settle down by then, but we really just have to see what life is like. Um, on the other side of the baby's arrival, and then then I'll know more. So if you stay tuned to our to our Twitter page, and of course we'll always uh, announce when we go live on Twitch. If you get those notifications, um, we'll try to keep you updated um, as far as when we think we'll be back. Once we have a better idea, we're also maybe kicking around changing the day that we do it uh, based on some different scheduling things. We may not stick with Tuesdays. We might come back on Fridays or different days. So uh, more to come on that, but uh, we will return for sure. And uh, we are going to. It's certainly we're going to do our best to avoid a three-year hiatus uh which is what happened when van's kids were born <laughs> not to say that that's all van's fault but uh just <laughs> it is that, no, that it's, is, the, it's his, that it's is why fault, we took our right? hey, yeah, hiatus. Right. it's not my fault, yeah. it's fault. Yeah. much like everything and else in my life back. so yeah. brief i know we said this before we said this back in episode 31 we said brief but really, we mean it this time. We're really targeting like maybe a month or so, and and I think I'll be able to find an hour to podcast even, even with a full time baby. So that's what's up. Um, hopefully you'll you'll see us on the other side. But in the meantime, question of the day. So you know we uh, celebrated our 100th podcast last episode, and uh, I thought it'd be cool to talk about like what does the future hold. So for each of you guys, give me one topic that you would like to do a podcast on sometime between now and episode 200. So sometime in the next hundred podcasts, however long that may take, what's something you want to do? I'm going to start today with Van. Van, mm. give me a topic. I don't know if it's a cop-out or not. Ooh. But I certainly would love to do this. And I don't think it's ever going to happen. But if we could do a Half-Life 3 podcast... Oh my god. That would be amazing. Because not only would we be talking about something... Shy, where are you going, buddy? Shy. <laughs> but that means that it finally came out within the next hundred episodes that it finally it finally showed up. It arrived in our universe. So, yeah. But if you're not going to let me do that one, then I got another one. All right, what's your other one? Boba Fett want- miniseries. Let's do oh, the ninth right. episode on Star Wars. The Book yeah, of Boba uh, Fett or whatever it's called? Boba Fett, yeah. yeah. Uh, I expect we'll probably do something like something along those lines. What yeah. about you, Shai? Well, I just want to say, too, that, Van, I hope that happens. I hope that within mm-hmm. the next 100 <laughs> episodes that we can do a Half-Life 3 podcast. Like, for Is you. so the joke could turn to for Half-Life you. 4? <laughs> you know, it never ends, nope. does it? Never mind. Need, All right. I'm done. I'm done. No, 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 I'm not. Never mind, Van. We can stick. We can keep it in Half-Life 3. Um, all right, I guess my cop-out answer, if we're just doing cop-out answers to start off, would be I'd love to do an episode on what character you prefer to play. You know, like race, <laughs> class. <laughs> um, I would like to do redo. I would like to redo that episode one day, but you know, it probably will never happen. Those who missed um, it, we recorded in that very episode, and I guess Shy liked it 
I, I thought it was all right. Shy seemed to really like it, but we had technical difficulties. The episode was lost to the, to the darkness of the internet. And, uh, we talked, we've talked many times about redoing that topic. We have yet to do so, but we got another 99 episodes to fill after this one. So maybe we'll get there by 200, right? Yeah. Um, so I think I would, I'm excited cause I think this will happen. I don't think this is something, I think this will happen. I'm excited to do, uh, like an, like another, like a NHL season recap episode after the Ooh. Kraken have played a full season. I think mm. it'd be cool to actually oh, look back on a Kraken season along with your guys. Like actually like, cause I don't think we, when we, we start talking about hockey, but I think since my, the Kraken weren't even, you know, a twinkle in the NHL's womb at that point. Um, I think you know, they were that at least. <laughs> maybe I guess they were that, but you know, I <laughs> think you guys brought the term yet. Yeah, we didn't do like full season, full season recaps, just because I think I would have probably we didn't talk about it. But I mean, I mean, I wouldn't have had anything to talk about in that. Like it would have been pretty much a you and Van show, and so I think it'd be cool when all of our, we all have a team we could talk about for the season, like the highs, the lows, the changes, stuff like that. I think so. Definitely looking forward to that. I'm anticipating some lows for my abs. We'll see. Not I don't know what to anticipate. Yeah, but that well, I mean, that's great. I mean, I think that was cool. So you guys both gave one that probably won't happen, and one that, well, shy's kind of both probably will happen, but you know, one that almost certainly will happen. Um, so I'll try and do the same. You know, I I would love to do. You know, we did five episodes on Star Wars. I feel like we could do like ten episodes on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ooh. There are so many movies. They're so good. I love discussing them. Like, there's so much. Like, they're perfect t- podcast fodder because it's like, what you know, which movies do you like better? Which characters do you like? Which characters do you not like? Like, there's just so much there. Like, you do a whole podcast just on that and fill the time. Um, but I don't expect Van's ever going to watch all of the Marvel movies. And I don't even know that I necessarily want him to, like if he did, I'd want him to do it like now while I'm not going to be able to play Final Fantasy 11 that much because of baby. Like I don't want him to not play Final Fantasy 11 with me because he's watching Marvel movies. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so like, I, it's like, that's an undertaking, but uh, that would be, that would just give us so much to talk about. I think that'd be so great to talk about did, that with you. You know, shine on, I do it as an off out of focus, but how yeah. many movies are there now? Like nineteen? Do you know the official count? I thought it was. Like, I thought it was twenty-three. Yeah. Leading, up, leading up to Endgame, that might, including that might include shows. I'm not sure if that includes the, like the series, like like yeah. Loki and 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 uh, WandaVision and things. I, something like that. That was somewhere in the twenty to twenty-five range. And now, obviously, Ten Rings just came out, which I still have yeah. not seen. We didn't make it to that this weekend, sadly. But you know, uh, the Phase Four is starting up, so. But even to do like leading up to Endgame, that's probably what seventeen to nineteen movies, yeah. probably like that would probably be a good like encapsulation. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, so there's one I don't think. How long be. would that be? But uh, what? like that would be a twelve part like. Focus oh, it would. Podcast. Oh, it'd be insane. It, we we'd have to break it up. I mean, we had to get really targeted. We had to talk either yeah. like we take a pod to talk about a specific movie here or there, and maybe overarching like, what do you think of this character? Like characters or. We'd, it would give us a lot of material to talk about for sure. Yeah. That that would that would put our movies count like way up there. Um, uh, the games that I hope that we talk about, and I'll, I'll kind of make this a two part. I don't know if Van's planning to play Diablo Two uh, Resurrected. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that coming out. I think that'd be fun to talk about. But even whenever that that uh, art is it Lost Ark? Lost Ark, yep. Yeah. Lost Ark, if like if that ever comes out as good, like I think that would be a cool podcast too. Like it, it'd be fun if there's a game besides Eleven that we end up playing, even if it's on the side, yeah. to kind of like we haven't done a lot of uh, game podcasts because we haven't been playing anything for the last two months. But Final Fantasy Eleven, so so I guess that's that would be my something we'd probably do is like another game that we've all played that we can kind of talk about, or maybe I guess you could throw Final Fantasy Seven Two Remake or Remake Part uh-huh. Two. Or even 16, maybe, if any of us are planning on playing 16 when it comes out. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to see it. I just, they've lost me a little bit with the last couple. I didn't like 13 or 14 or 15 as much. Like cinematically beautiful and visually appealing, but like the gameplay has just been mediocre to me. Like I get that new combat styles and all that stuff, but yeah, I haven't been able to come to grips. Well, speaking of Lost, you I don't know. If, I think Van was here the other day when I mentioned to you that Lost Ark was delayed till early next year. So who knows? Mm. Like you said, if it ever comes out, we'll see. Yes. 
I'd like to right. apologize oh. for the people watching our stream. It was a poor decision to wear a green t-shirt with a green screen thing going on. Because, look, my shoulder's, like, kind of going in and out. It's not bright green. Yeah. Floating out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't think it would be a problem. But, yeah. My bad. I mean, if we got maybe Shy can post-production some, like, fun stuff into your shirt and place, you know, like, put a little parrot there or something. I don't know. I just hold the book here. That, that, even that doesn't work. See, I don't think, no, think it's, it it's more of an edge detection thing, I think, is how NVIDIA broadcasts work. Oh, you know, so I think there's always. Phone. Yeah, look at that. All right. There you go. Problem solved, ish. Yeah, as long as you don't move around too much. Good enough. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's our question of the day. Um, if you are viewers, this is this is your chance. All right. This is a perfect question for you to answer. What topic do you want us to do in the next hundred episodes? Like, throw it out to us. I mean, we're always open for ideas, and you know, maybe you'll want to hear us talk about something that we never thought of that could make a great podcast. So we'll have our contact information at the end of the show. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what you'd like us to talk about in the next hundred episodes. So we're going to get an email in the next 24 hours about notorious monster hunting in final fantasy 11 for an, <laughs> for a podcast. Shout out to Memento. Uh, <laughs> we hope you're watching, bro. All right. Let's get into ready player one uh, again for the second time. Um, so we're treated as if we didn't talk about that much last time. Cause really we kind of more just bashed on the movie um, at the end of our last podcast. We didn't really get into the book that much. Um, so we're going to do a brief, super brief plot synopsis. As we've mentioned in the past, um, we've learned our lesson about, about that. We're really only going to talk at a very high level, the highest. And again, we're going full spoilers here on the book, on the movie. If you haven't seen, I don't even care if you've seen the movie. If you haven't read the book, the movie doesn't really spoil all that much of it. So do yourself a favor. Read this book. This is an awesome book. It's so much fun. Come back and watch the podcast or listen to the podcast after you've read it um, because we're going to definitely spoil it. Um, so high level, high level. Here's what happened. Basically, uh, we're set in what, 2045 or something like that. The not too distant future. The world has kind of continued on the trajectory that that it is. Uh, currently where, you know, resources are getting more scarce and things like that. Uh, but there's been a huge development, the Oasis, which is like this super all encompassing, like it's basically like internet 2.0. It's like 3d virtual reality internet that basically everybody on the world uses basically as much as like second can. life. Just awesome. call it second life. Mm. Second mm. life. I guess. Uh, less see, I less shady. Left, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Left shady's right about that. Though. <laughs> I think there's shady stuff in the in the Oasis too. Um, but there's wholesome stuff in the Oasis too. <laughs> there is. There's a lot of wholesome stuff. Um, and so the creator of the Oasis has like passed away, and he, being a, like a super '80s nerd, decided to leave the entire his entire empire to somebody who could find his Easter egg hidden within the Oasis. And he left a bunch of clues to, on how to do that uh, using like very deep dive eighties level lore, uh, 1980s lore. Cause he loved everything from the eighties. And so our main character Wade is a, a gunter who hunts, hunting the egg, an egg hunter who's basically made it his life's work to study the 1980s to try to find the egg. Um, and so he kind of goes through a, uh, you know, a whole bunch of adventures, uh, trying, you know, trying to locate the three keys and the three gates that are needed to unlock the egg. Um, and he has some run-ins with some trouble in real life and within the Oasis, uh, goes on many grand adventures, makes some friends along the way, loses some friends along the way. And in the end, of course, finds the Easter egg and inherits the fortune of, of James Halliday, the creator of the Oasis. And gets the girl because you got to get the and, girl. Of course, he gets the girl in the end. Um, yeah, yeah. So you know, nice kind of one, kind of you know, maybe a, a stereotypical arc, right? You know, where where kind of all wraps up with a fairly fairly expected. You know, there's not a no, there's there's definitely some twists and turns along the way in what how the plot goes, but I think you know the conclusion kind of ends up. You know, it's not like one of those books that takes a hard left at the end and you're just like, what the fuck. You know, it kind of follows the pattern. So um, let's get into more of the, the, the discussion of it. One thing I wanted to ask you guys your thoughts on is right at the beginning of the book. So the first like two or three chapters of the book, a good chunk is really just straight exposition, right? It's really just him explaining the world, the contest, 
what people, the history of the contest, what, how he comes into the contest. Like there's, there's really like not any action for quite a ways. Like I think a lot of times in movies and books nowadays, the common like wisdom is that you start with a bang, right? You start with an action scene, you start with a punch, people excited, and then you can kind of get into the exposition. This book does not do that at all. And so how much was it, how did that affect you? Did you find that it was a real turnoff? Did you feel like the beginning was too drawn out, too much exposition? Or did it hook you in enough that you were like, you didn't mind reading about it? Or something different? Van, I'm starting with you, not because I, I know I started with you before, but you're like putting your hands up and doing stuff. So I feel like you got something to say here. <laughs> starting with you. No, so when I do this, that's. Did you did you mute your microphone? That's my, that's my microphone mute. Oh, I <laughs> finished his sentence by muting his microphone. <laughs> Show so don't tell, right? I do that when I have to like clear my throat or something that's un, okay. un, uh, unpopular for podcasting. So I you see. can go to Shy. Okay, Shy, we'll start with you then. All right, it was, I don't think it was hard um, for me at all. I think I don't know, and if and if I if we can expound the on end. the if we can expound on the beginning a little bit, I think yes. talking yes. about like disappointments with the movie because obviously I think I was the least of disappointed of us in the movie, even though I I wouldn't I wouldn't say it measured up to the book in any way. Um, it was a different experience. I treat it as like a different entity that's like loosely connected, basically. But I think my biggest complaint with the movie is how it starts out, and I feel like the book really sets up this kind of sense that like this has been a like journey. That people, yeah. there's thousands, if not millions of people out there hunting these things. And like that exposition really sets that up so then, like, when like he hits that first challenge, you're just like, oh yeah, you know, like it just adds that stake, the stakes, I feel like. Um, sorry, there you go. Yeah, no, I understand completely. That's, that's exactly how I felt. I, so I, um, I didn't appreciate the slow, methodical picture of the first like four or five chapters the first time I read it. Um, it, it read very slow. There wasn't a, there was, like you said, there was just a lot of, um, character setting up location, setting up. This is how we are. This is how people feel. This is the perception of X, Y, and Z and all that stuff for a really long time. And I was, and, and I didn't appreciate it the first time I read it. And it was kind of boring to me. And like, we're talking a hundred, 120 pages of just this right now before anything really exciting even happens. Yes. Um, and then the second time I read it, I was, or actually the second time I read it, um, same exact thing, same exact sentiment until stuff started happening. And then I was like, oh, crap. Like, we're, we're on a roller coaster now. And everything that happened before means so much more now because I see what's going on now. And it just made, like, like Shai mentioned, you know, finding the first key, like, that much more impactful because you had had millions of people for, I mean, it was five years, no breakthrough. People, some people started forgetting, you know, saying, oh, this is just a joke on Halliday, who was the inventor of the Oasis. It's, it's not even a real thing. And then finally you have this like breakthrough. And it was just like, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty amazing. And then to find out that somebody else had the same breakthrough a few weeks before you did, it's like, whoa, hold on a second. So yeah, the first time I, I didn't appreciate it. The second time I absolutely did. And then just like you say, Shy, um, the movie just throws you right in as if they're... <laughs> Like, even the opening scene, it's like, oh, this is the Oasis, and this is where we all live. We're all trying to find a key. And then all of a sudden, there's this huge race. And it's like, whoa, hold on. There's, like, so much more to it than just that. But they they throw you right in there. And now I appreciate the way the, the book did it, as opposed to the, the movie. Yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was super, just the idea of it was super um, intriguing to me. I think I've probably talked about this on the podcast before. Like, the idea of the Oasis of like all of the literature and movies and just pop culture stuff that you're into existing in a place where you could go, you know, go to Lord of the Rings world, go to star Wars world, yeah. get a millennium Falcon of your own and like live out, you know, whatever, you know, fantasy genre life you wanted to live. Like that just seems so cool. Um, and then the idea that the hunt too was, I always thought that was cool. I, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit, I think last time, but you know, I'm not really like, I'm a child of the eighties, but I grew up in the nineties, right? Like I'm born in 83. So like most of the eighties were done by the time I was really kind of hitting my stride. So like a lot of that eighties lore isn't, it's not my wheelhouse, but that didn't turn me off. In, in fact, it was more, 
it's like I was kind of discovering along with him. Like I was learning about things. Like it made me interested in maybe movies and music and and books that I that I maybe wasn't super familiar with. Like knew of, but didn't have like all these fond nostalgia memories of. So um, maybe for me that's why it, it like there was a lot of new stuff there in that intro for me, and so I. I found it like it really hooked me in. Like it made me like, it's like I knew that the action was coming. So I don't mind a good setup. Like I, I like when things are really fleshed out um, because as, as you've both mentioned, it really kind of raises the stakes and, and makes you feel like it's momentous when something happens rather than just being thrown right into it. Okay, cool. Um, if I can, uh, the, the, the comment you made about making you interested in things you didn't know a lot about. Yeah. So I saw just like a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I watched war games for the first time. And I don't know that I would have ever had any interest in watching that movie. Like I knew it was like kind really? of an old cult classic, but I was just like, you know, it's just like you kind of miss a movie and I just never go back sure. and watch it. But because yeah. of that scene in the book, I was like, you know, I want to watch this movie now. And it was available on a streaming platform and I did. And I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is a fun movie. So right. yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. The movie. <clears throat> Speaking of making you wanting to do things, the movie made me want to go back and revisit a lot of my NES games that I have yeah. just emulated on the on the Switch that I have. And um, yeah, those games are just as hard and I don't like them as much as I did before reading the book. <laughs> They're brutal. It's a different time. But dude, because he's like talking about playing some of these arcades, right, for like hours. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm, and on my third hour, on my on my 11th hour with a single coin. And it's like, what? Yeah. Out of control. That was real. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, it's funny because like his skill at those games, like is really prodigious, you know, in the books, because like those games are meant to be hard because they're trying to suck money out of people. Like you're not supposed to be able to beat the game on a single coin. Like that's a bad business model. You know, you yeah. want to continue, 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 bump those quarters in there. Like to be that good at it, to, to, to play at that level. Like, like I think maybe a lot of people, especially younger people who didn't, grow up with like arcades and stuff don't actually realize like how un almost unrealistic that is not unrealistic maybe like but like you do you would need like hours and hours of actual practice and training to get to that level because you don't just walk in and be like oh yeah i'm gonna set the high score for pac-man no problem it's pac-man right yeah doesn't really work like that yeah all right let's talk about uh maybe some favorite scenes like uh you know we've got a lot of there's a lot of cool scenes in this book let's go to some of your favorites uh van what do you got <clears throat> i mean what sticks out at you i think one of them has to be the call to arms at the end right the, oh one sure of the ma major climaxes like just getting up, up front and on the stage in front of everybody who you know would have his attention and he's already he being wade um his avatar named parcival is already like this <clears throat> world-renowned character because he's been on the scoreboard everyone knows who he is he's super famous and all that stuff and then all of a sudden he puts out a call to arms like, hey, this is what we're going to do at this time. I just need you to trust me. And not knowing what's going to happen, it's kind of like reminiscent of um, like Lord of the Rings when they're held up in the keep and they're like, well, we're calling out to all these places and we don't know who's going to show up, but we're hoping that everybody shows up. And um, all of a sudden you have like everybody in the world. And they said like the teleports got clogged up because there were just too many people trying to pour it in at the same exact time and all this stuff. And yeah, you just have this massive onslaught battle against the enemy who is IOI. Um, can't remember what the name of the company is, but the one who wants to essentially take over the ownership of the Oasis and is corporately funded as opposed to being like an independent gunter, um, hunter. This is like a big conglomerate of thousands of people's researchers and players and all that stuff who are battling against our, uh, protagonist Parsifal and a few other of his companions to, to get the Easter egg. But yeah, at the end they have this massive battle and it's just played out really, really well. I have that in. There's, I mean, there's so many awesome scenes. I won't take them all. Let me pass it over to somebody else or see what you guys thought about that that scene at the end. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I was like, oh, I don't know if anybody's going to show up. Okay. Like, I didn't believe that for a second. But, like, you maybe for a second. Because, like, you know, people on the internet can be really weird and they can be really petty. And so you never really know. But And then and then he did say, he did say something that I that made sense to me, too. And he goes, yeah, I don't know if anybody's going to show up. And of those who do show up, are they just going to kick their feet up with some popcorn right. to watch the show instead of actually trying yeah. to battle? And yeah. it's like, I can completely see that happening. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. true. Um, Shy? Um, I love the opening, the very first key scene where he does play the arcade mm. cabinet. And I think that's just yeah, like, it's just so well handled. Like kind of his like, kind of like sucky life in a sucky world. 
And he kind of like, he's down and out. He doesn't have money. He can't get away. He's just like down and out Gunter who's like done the work but doesn't have the resources. And then, you know, like fine. We talked a bit, bit about this last week. But like finds out that like this place is on the planet his school is on. He's like makes his way there. And it's just like happens to be the thing he's good at. You know, and like, I don't know. Like, I think all the key scenes are really cool because like it just, it's like... Smiley, you'll get this, but it feels like almost like the climax is in a Brandon Sanderson book where like it starts, you get to a point where you're like, oh, this is like a, this is like a thing. This is like a key thing. You're like, and then like, you can't stop reading for like 50 pages. Cause like, then you get to that sequence. You know, and, I, I, uh, I found out there's a term for that actually, a little oh. side. They, oh, yeah? they call it the Sanderlanch. <laughs> the sand, like that's what it is. He builds nice. in his book. Like, he builds, he builds, and, and then there's plugs. the sander ledge. And once you get caught up in it, you're going to the end of the book. Oh, you're not that's, stopping. That's awesome. It's bringing you Isn't with that? you. Yeah. That undead dog in like North Gooseberg or something like that. What? Or is that a Sander Lanch? I don't think. Maybe. I don't think so. I don't no. know. Yeah, I love that. I just love that intro scene. I think it just builds up well, and then it's just very satisfying and gratifying. So. Yeah. Well, I think. I think maybe. Oh, Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. <laughs> At least it's not the Sander Snatch. I think that's an. I think that's an Alice in Wonderland reference. I think that's something else altogether. Shy. <laughs> Sander Snatch. Uh, oh boy, here we go. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say, I feel like we probably all maybe relate a little bit to what it's like to have a lot of skill in a game, but just not have the resources. Uh, does that sound familiar to anybody <laughs> right now recently? Um, playing Final Fantasy 11 again and having struggling, scratching for cash every day. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that is a very cool part. Um, I mean, there's very few parts of this book I don't like, so it's hard mm. for me to pick one. I will say that two parts I really like that are kind of, I think they're similar. They're similarly timed, um, and they're kind of parallel, and that's why I'm considering them both. But like, after he leaves the stacks because IOI set drops a bomb on him, you know, there's kind of a small time jump, and then we kind then he kind of is like, he kind of takes some time to show where he is now, and like he's got his new apartment. And it's all tricked out with like, you know, he's got like full armor plate windows and like he has to exercise every day. He's like getting himself in shape to, you know, he's kind of like showing his new life in real life. And then he like goes to say, and then in game, like I've done all these quests on max level. I got my own asteroid and my own ship and all this cool shit. And like, it kind of is that progression is like, okay, now you've played for a while. Now you're all set up. And like, I, I thought it was cool how, like I said, there was a parallel between his avatars, but like he didn't, I think it's key that he didn't forget about his real life this time. Instead of just being like, I'm just going to live in a, in a small van and just like not care about myself and only care about the game. Like he's doing them both together. And I think that's kind of like a bit of a character progression for him. Like where it's like, like you have to be more than just an avatar. Like you actually have to have, your real life taken care of a little bit as well. I thought that was really cool. All right, let's cycle back to Van. What else you got? Deep favorite scenes. I think the um the dance scene, the private At invitation, Augs. yeah, Augs. To... celebration. Yeah, what what was the what was it called? What's that club called? I can't remember what it's called. Unreality or something like that. Anyways, his club. Yeah, so that that dance, that private club scene was awesome. When they find out that that Parsifal and and um. Artemis are in the club, and then all yeah. of a sudden the Sixers, who are the the uh, weaponry arm of IOI, or any employee, is called a Sixer due to the six-digit name tag they have. They're not allowed to have names as avatars. They only have a six-digit number, so they call them the Sixers. <laughs> so when they start showing up, and it's a, it's another fight scene, they start tearing down the house literally from like the roof down, the ceiling down, and whatnot. And this is like some anti gravity club and all this stuff, and everything's going crazy. And there's like gunfire back and forth, and some gunters are returning fire, and the Sixers are just coming in even more full force. And then the co creator of the Oasis, um, what's his name? Ogden Morrow. Yeah, Morrow. Ogden Morrow. Yep. That he's Pretty like, not at my house, and just like freaking like just zaps him with this ungodly Falpity <laughs> lightning and just completely destroys everybody. I thought that was a that was a pretty cool description on on how that went, and then I think Artemis uh, breaks up with him immediately afterwards. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. But it's I thought not, that was a great, not cool. It was very, um, very um, Gandalf reminiscent. Seems like yeah. all my favorite scenes are Lord of the Rings related. I wonder why that is. Hmm. Oh. Lord of the Rings is so good. Chai, um, I like I really liked how they he did the ending when he kind of 
gives up. And it's been, I'm the mm. one who I think has read the book, the it's been the longest for me since I've read the book. So, like, there's some details I don't remember. But I feel like, if I remember correctly, when he get, when he turns when he gets caught, when he gives himself up, I forget if it's more of he turns himself in or he gets caught. I forget. Like, I think he kind of let himself be caught, if I remember yep. correctly. I don't remember exact, the exact details. But, like, I don't think you really know why. I don't remember if, 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 if you knew why in the book. And I feel like it was kind of, like, depressing. And you're kind of like is this how the book's going to end? Like how, what's going to happen? Like, this is kind of weird. And then like, he kind of all, like it all kind of makes sense. It kind of all wraps up. Like, I don't know. I really, and like just like his time in the, like the facility and they explain some of like his sleeping quarters and like his job. And like, just, this is like, like in the, and I think like there's a movie comparison, like it kind of sucks in the movie when it happens, but I feel like there's no weight. There's no weight to it. Like, I mean, it sucks, but it's like, it, I mean, it's hard to build weight in a two hour movie anyway. You know, like I felt like in the book, it was just like, wow like and then like when it when it when it all works out when it when his plan hatches and it comes to fruition it's like oh wow that that <laughs> i was really smart you know really ingenious um i don't know yeah well you took the one so that's where i was going next and he definitely does it is a setup right like you don't know like he just kind of goes into it where he's like he's because like i'm gonna have to do something drastic and he like it's very kind of cryptic like he messages everybody and says hey i'm going offline for a while just you know be, I'll be in touch, whatever. And you're just like, oh shit, what's he going to do? And then he goes right into that where like the, basically the debt collectors are kicking down his super door and like, he's like self-destructing all of his stuff. And, the, and you're just like, what is happening? And like, I always, I thought that part was so cool where he kind of basically, it's almost like a, I feel like there's some comparable thing to it. I'm not sure what it would be, you know, like I, I can't bring it. I couldn't bring it to mind. What, it reminded me of maybe a little bit of like a little bit of um god damn it whatever great radio here anyway <laughs> I, I thought it was cool how he's you know he goes in and like you're, you're worried for him but like you can tell he has a plan and then like it's one of those things where like he even kind of says himself like i really hope this works because like if it works it could be awesome but if it doesn't i've made a huge mistake yeah for the rest and, of my like, life i'm fine. yeah and uh but like it all it all does work out and like you can kind of see like it's one of those things where it's like it's a little bit far-fetched but not that far-fetched like it's it's reasonable enough that you're like you can at least suspend your disbelief and be like yeah like i can see how we get away with that and if for anybody who's worked for a large corporation like like that is one of their vulnerabilities right like they're so big that like little things can slip through the cracks sometimes Um, but i thought that whole sequence like that whole section of the book like to Shai's point, like it took such a crazy turn. And when Van was reading it, like he keeps saying, like, oh man, things are getting so crazy, things are getting so wild. And I'm like, Well, where are you? Because yeah. like I knew that was coming. <laughs> and I was like, Man, you haven't even gotten to the part where it gets wild yeah. yet. Like, wait till they come and arrest his ass. Yeah. Like, I'm like, Dan just wild. blew up his own club. And he's like, Oh, okay, that's cool. You're not even there yet. Not yet. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I did love that part. I thought that was so great. That that was I thought the part was great. It was yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I've been talking long enough. Go ahead. You go ahead. I was I was just gonna say it it was it was a very sad, dark, lonely time in the book. Yeah. And what otherwise was like mostly uplifting, you know, um had a had a high outlook and all that stuff, positive outlook and everything like that. And it was just very bleak because like you're just you're you're a slave, right? To the corporate yeah. world. Um, literally, that's what that's what he was. So he made what he, the way he got caught was he made himself have a falsified twenty thousand credit debt or something like that that he had overdue balance on but he coded it himself into the system so that that wasn't actually true but he coded it himself into the system then they came and got him of course he wasn't using his real name wade he was using an alias and all that stuff um so he coded himself to get get arrested and everything but after he went through the whole thing one of my favorite scenes is when he's in the elevator and he's like i am almost about to be free i am almost successful i gotta keep my head down and then he's like wait i know that um sorrento who was the head of ioi he goes, I know Sorrento is going to watch this tape a thousand times to try to figure out what the hell happened. And then he just slowly looks up and he just flips off the camera <laughs> right before he leaves the elevator. I'm like, oh, that's so perfect. Because you know Sorrento's going to see that and it's just going to burn him up every single time. I was like, yeah. that's a perfect touch, man. Yeah, it really was. Couldn't yeah. agree more. All right. Do you have any least favorite scenes from the books? Any parts that kind of you know, just weren't, didn't maybe weren't up to quality of the rest of it. Um, you know, like for me, it's, it's hard to really think of any, I, I don't, I don't 
want to say it's like one of the hardest parts for me is like when he breaks up with his with his girlfriend um with artemis and then he gets like really weird and is like trying to like stalk her a little bit and like like sending her a million text messages and stuff and she's like dude leave me alone and like that was a little bit cringy for me i think um and it's hard i mean it's hard you know like i, I guess i get I've, I've been there maybe like i know what it feels like to to have some unrequited love in, in, in my, in my past. And so like, that was tough, but like, I don't, I, while I say maybe a harder scene, like I certainly don't wish it was different. Like I, I think that was an important thing for him. Like, I think it's important for anybody to like realize that you can't really live for somebody else. Like you really have to be happy with who you are and not base your happiness on another person like that. Um, so like, I, I don't, dislike that it was in the book but i think that was one of the harder parts for me where it's just like oh like just let her go bro just just let it lie like you don't need to keep just banging her door down um but yeah um what about you shy i'll go to you first i don't know that i can think of one um that good of a book yeah I'm, I'm not even like i mean just something of like parts that i didn't like or like i did enjoy the book i think i did read through it pretty quickly and i think i did there wasn't there weren't really areas that I was like, uh, like why why is this in here? Um Man. I don't know. If I think of something I'll I'll, I'll mention it, but All right. Van? I didn't have a um I didn't have a scene, but I did have there were a lot of times when I was reading the book, and this is purely a personality trait thing. There's a lot of times when I was reading the book and they would come back with a quip or a response or an insult yeah. that seemed um forced so i felt it kind of cheap like they'll be having this total normal conversation and he's like yeah that's what i think about it douchebag and you're like haha douchebag was a 90s term that people used to call each other i get why it's in the book but i don't understand why that was in the flow of the context of how this scene was going or Maybe something like little, that and there, there were a like lot a of instances Tommy, in yeah there were a lot of instances when when they were trying to use terms from the 90s insults from the 90s and whatnot and they just didn't they didn't feel like they would have been used in that context or actually having grown up in the nineties. Like I would have, I wouldn't have used it. I would have used that word, but not in that context or whatever also. And it, so it just seemed forced. And I mean, if, if that's my most minute critique, then they must've did a pretty damn good job. But, um, but yeah, that, that was a little off-putting to me. It just seemed like there were a lot of cheap uh, throwback terms and phrases and stuff that didn't seem perfectly to flow with the rest of the book which was written very well to follow and, and very easy to read and those things always just kind of caught me off and i'm like eh cheap shot eh okay did you feel that way as well shy or not so much uh we have a guest in in the chat so i was responding to uh responding to them in twitch so uh friend of the pod memento has joined us um, <laughs> welcome mem welcome uh i'm sorry so i I missed i missed is there a synopsis to what van just said i missed what he was saying Throw it up in five words Van's me or reading. you Van's actually reading the book no, i'm sorry, legitimately yes. reading to see if i could pull a reference but yeah, yeah. no right. just as some of the banter he felt was kind of cheap or you know there, there seemed like there were some phrases or words that were kind of thrown in yeah just almost as like to be like 90s signal or 80s signaling yeah yeah more i've heard they were buzzwords from the eight, yeah, yeah exactly 80s signal yeah. is probably the book. I, i've heard buzzwords, that words but they were just out of context in me in my opinion i've heard i just said about the movie the book and i oh. think the movie but well not the movie because it wasn't so much 80s but about the book that it was kind of like pandering yeah to that. yeah i mean i think it was i mean that's kind of that it's like a selling <laughs> no, point for the book yeah, not i don't just think the movie it's hiding either. that yeah <laughs> but, but yeah i i didn't feel like it was out of place i didn't notice it being out of place but Maybe I just didn't pick up on it. Yeah. I mean, this isn't a dislike, but I think I just didn't get a lot of the references. And we've talked about this. We talked about this last week, but like, I just didn't like feel a strong attachment to a lot of the, a lot of the scenes or the puzzles or whatever. And like I, that, so I felt the disconnect. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, have you fan? Have you found one? Hello, I'm, no, I'm just enjoying reading the book. Now. <laughs> just rereading it. Just, just, you're gonna, 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 gonna do a narrated <laughs> read for our audience, pick a chapter and just <laughs> yeah, uh, read through yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really up for debate, Homer, said Lady Hawk. Yeah. Nice. Hmm. I would listen to that. All right. 
any other scenes you want to discuss, good, bad, or otherwise, that we haven't touched on before we move it over to like maybe character discussion? I, I, the only one I want to talk about is the one was the big turning point for me. So you get 120 pages of of just scenario setup and all that stuff, and then all of a sudden you have Sorrento showing his true colors and either bluffing or not, and then that's when you really discover what kind of book this is going to be for the next 250 pages going forward. Is yeah. when he's like, "Oh, okay, you either work for us." Or I actually was, I'm not even giving it justice. There was so much awesome back and forth verbal jujitsu and like negotiation in that whole yeah. scene of I'll come work for you. No, I won't. This is what I want. Oh, you're going to accommodate me. I'm going to insult you. Your bosses are going to see this. And like, it was just absolutely incredible. But <laughs> at the end, Sorrento had the power the entire time and didn't show his hand. So he's going to be a fantastic poker player someday. Um, but when he says, okay, cool, either you work for, so here's my final deal. You're going to work for us. So I'm going to blow up, blow you up, kill you, your stacks, everybody who lives, your fa whole family, your aunt, everybody. And he's like, okay, well, I'm pretty sure he's bluffing. And then, so he says, you know, F you, he leaves and all that stuff. And then there's like, I don't know how the hell you could do this in a book, but there's some kind of a legitimate pause. And I'm sitting there with bated breath, like for not reading forward to not know what happens. I don't know, it was really weird. And I'm sitting there like, okay. I guess he was bluffing. And then all of a sudden this freaking stack blows up. Bombs go off everywhere. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be that kind of book. All right. We're not just going to talk about playing real, video right? games. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. And this is in the real world too. So this is real life consequences. This is no longer like you lost your, you know, your rare exclusive piece of armor or something like that. And I was like, damn, they're really taking this into the real world now. And that's when the book like just did a 180. And from there, it was just like, it just kept escalating and up and up and up and just kept getting more gripping. And I couldn't stop reading after that point. Yeah, man, we're going to talk about how like one of his buddies was like basically assassinated at, you know, out of his, out of his gaming chair, like thrown out the window. That was got, intense. Got video got, of it too. Got pretty real. Got pretty real. Yeah. yeah. One of his longtime buddies, according to the movie, who's known forever. Stupid movie. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about the characters a little bit. Um, what did you think of the main cast? I mean, we basically had um, Wade, H, his best friend, Artemis, the main love interest, Shoto and uh, Dai, Dido. Dai, Dido, who were, um, you know, kind of friends of the friends of the group, you know, allies over time. And then you had Sorrento, who was kind of the big bad. And like, really, those that was like kind of the. You know, I mean, I guess you kind of rock for like uh, half the oh, book. I rock. You know who? Oh man, I'll, I'll put this out to shy, but you know, you know who I rock really reminds me of is that that dude from um, from Spider Man, uh, from the Spider the Marvel Spider Man. You know, like that douchebag that's always like Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like that's totally <laughs> I rock. Like that is if they like how he wasn't casted for this. It like it was it was perfect, but um. And he was yeah, like a badass in the movie too, wasn't he? Oh, in the movie, he I don't think you ever saw him as the the person in the movie. You only saw his avatar, and his avatar was like that big, bulky mercenary. Over the who, top, yeah, like yeah. Skull body. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Yeah, 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 that's right. They didn't do it justice. Yeah. He, that was that guy was funny. I did I liked I loved Iraq. <laughs> I hated Iraq. He's he's well, everything I hate you about love, everybody I ever played yes, with in any video game. He was such I'm a like, stereotype. You the asshole who tells people when there's like a pop that you can't get to or something yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I hated him so much. Then he did his job. <laughs> That's the guy, that. and Memento will get this reference. That's the guy who pings overgrown rose when you've been sitting there for nine and a half hours. Like, I hate that guy. <laughs> Just saying, man. What about what about like the main cast though? Like, what did you think of? Say, let's let's start with Artemis, I guess. What did you think about Artemis? Was she believable? Was she approachable? Did you want them to end up together? You know, because sometimes when there's a love interest, you don't, you're not always, they're not always your type, right? Or you feel like maybe they're not actually a legitimate match, and you're like, oh man, this, he's really hung up on this chick. Like, what did you think about her? Did you think she was she was cool? Van, I'm starting with you. I thought it was, I thought it was good how they, how they, um just did her throughout the whole book being like, you know, she's super beautiful. The way they describe her, um, super charismatic dual wielding pistol guns and all this cool stuff. And just a badass overall badass that, and, and I think the whole through the whole book, you have the sense like, okay, that's cool. Or I think it was H who said it, or that's some 400 pound dude 
you know, 60 year old guy living in his mom's basement or something like that. And it's like, yeah, that's the risk you always do when you're playing with people online and you, you do that the whole time. Um, but no, I, I thought her character was great in game. I thought her outside character, I, I was glad they finally revealed who she was. Um, I, they could have done anything with the outside character and it wouldn't have mattered to me. Except maybe been a guy, then it would have been a much different story. That would have been more like the crying game. I think it would have been, been, act- been like the crying game. Yeah. And then, like, did they stay in love because he fell in love with her yeah. as a personality? Yeah. I don't know, man. That, that would have gone into an interest. That would have been an interesting uh, take. It would have been an interesting way to go with it. Yeah. You know, instead they went with H being the surprise gender yep. swap, right? Yep. What'd you guys think of that? H. Sorry, I didn't give you a chance on Artemis. I'm sorry. Yeah, you didn't. You skipped me on Artemis. Yeah, I mean, whatever. What whatever. Do you think whatever. I don't know. I always, I'm a hopeless romantic. I always, I always hope the guy and the girl get together. So whatever, right. you know. Um, no, nah, I like, I like how they did her in the book, and I think that, uh, I don't know, the way they cast, I don't know. I keep drawing parallels to the movie, but I feel like the way they cast her in the movie wasn't how I pictured. But no, um, not at all. I think we'll get. Yeah. I think we'll get to that. Possibly. And, yeah. And to note to Devan's point of like you know you didn't know you know in H's point you didn't know if she was a four hundred pound dude like of the close group of people that we've played games with online games with over the years how many of the female characters have actually been females behind the characters um, I think we've played with a number of guys yeah. who play as female characters yeah. so um, yeah what what was that saying oh god oh, I'll have to figure it out there but something no stands for yeah oh. there's something something stands for real men playing girls yeah real men playing rpg girls on the internet or something like, like that uh, yeah what uh, is it like <laughs> morpg yeah something like that many men online online role playing girls. girls that's it yep <laughs> that's the one many men online role playing girls yeah. yeah that's pretty true that's pretty much right. <laughs> I mean, i'm doing it right now in 11 i'm a little mithra yeah. so that's only go. because they haven't invented the mantras yet yeah, I bet. I bet that's why. Um, so all right, with a, with H, let me do snake style with yeah, H. Um, yeah, I I loved H that age that surprise. You know what I mean? Because like I think that that spoke to me, and I think like this book. I never got my parents to read it, but like this book, like I, like really resonated with me because of our experience, all like meeting at eleven and like yep. meeting up and like and like meeting the. You know I mean, we'd done voice comms, but back then like video chat wasn't really a thing. Like in video, so I think the first time that Ryder and I came out to Colorado and hung out with you smiley like that was the first time we'd yeah. seen you and you'd seen us you know it was like yeah, it i don't was. know and i remember i weirded out like everybody like i talked to like not weirded out but they're all like you're going to meet you're going to spend the weekend with someone you've never met and that you've only talked to online like my mom was a little like you know uh taking oh, yeah. emergency, emergency contact information with you and like i don't know um but uh know just, when you get there just like not knowing expectations right like yeah. of like what someone looks like and whatever and, and in the book was she a hispanic did she turn out to be a hispanic girl or like was it still was she still an african-american girl i think so i think she's still wait who yeah. artemis yeah no no, no h, h. No, you're talking about h sorry um, h, h yeah. is a yeah heavy set african-american female so they kind of so the, in the movie did kind of stay true to a certain extent of of the of the casting there um yeah yeah oh uh, that was cool yes, yeah, I, I feel like that's that's kind of where he took it. Like, I think you couldn't also make Artemis be like a big heavy set 400 pound dude. Cause you've already done that switch with H right. Yeah. That was that twist. And, and he, they kind of approach it. I mean, it'd be interesting to know, like when you come to the idea of falling in love with somebody, that's a little bit different, but he kind of addressed that like, Oh, you know, H and I were best friends. It didn't matter. Like the fact that, that yeah. he was actually a she, like really didn't actually change anything about our dynamic, you know? And so, it would have obviously been a step further if you had done that with Artemis instead. Um, that's, a, that's a little bit different of a conversation, but he, he, I feel like he, he went as far down that road as an author as probably he was willing to take a chance with, you know, you know, I mean, all, all, he's already doing a lot of kind of social, socio-political commentary with the book. Um, and I think there's probably too many Hills that you don't want to necessarily try to make too many different points about you know that that's my take on it speaking of cautiously climbing hills do you think i I don't know if they do this in the book or not was h a female who was into females do they discern that it was okay in the book yes got it okay perfect that makes sense all right because then i remember he was like he was like yeah i was taking it back because i know there were times that we would talk about girls together and yeah. H was always expressing how much, you know, she, but then H refer or um, 
Parcival then started referring to H again as he because he's explicitly said, this is how I know you in the game. So I will refer to you as he going forward still. So yeah, saying that he loves girls and they talked about girls and all that stuff and everything. So, okay, that makes sense. All right, we're getting lower on time. Any other character things you want to talk about? Sorrento a little bit? Would you, I mean, we already talked about the great the great scene with him and and uh, and uh, Wade. Yeah, like, I, I thought Sorrento. No, I don't want to say you're run of the mill. He was him? he was a slightly a slight step above with his like I said verbal jujitsu and wit, but overall it was it was your main person who you want to hate because they're just assholes and want nothing else but greed and have everything to themselves one thing i loved about him was that he was kind of the quintessential corporate bad guy but like they really were true to that where it was like it was clear that he could be replaced like they treaded that ground in that conversation right like the corporation like he was just a figurehead like if they had like you know if he had somehow turned the tables and killed sorrento in real life it really wouldn't have done anything like it'd be next man up all right you know, Agent Six Two Two Seven One has been promoted, and he's the new Sorrento, right? Like it would—it literally would not have mattered. So, like, it was kind of cool where, like, you do have this face and this villain to hate, but like, really, he's just a figurehead of a of a larger organism, really, uh, being the company IOI. So, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought it was well handled to show that, like, he's just you know, like, it really is the corporation they're fighting, not just a person. Yeah. I have two final comments on the book, and then I know you want to pivot over to the movie a little bit. Very briefly, um, yeah. The first one is just how they portrayed um, Halliday as like a Asperger genius type, reserved, not very social individual. Um, very was very believable, like being just that much of a genius. You see that often play out through today's world and whatnot. Um, and, and then I like how. At the end, when he said, I will give you full control of the Oasis, you're like, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, you have the password to log in as an admin? And they're like, no, like, full control. Like, you have unlimited hit points, unlimited power. You can do whatever the hell you want within this. And not only that, you can literally shut off the Oasis completely so that nobody has access, delete the source code and everything, get rid of it in its entirety. And I was like, that's, that's pretty amazing that they literally gave him God mode. And that's what he, that's what he was promised. And so do you think, like, did you find that big red button idea believable? Like, cause to me, it seemed like a kind of silly, like, it's like, okay, what if he pushes that button? What's going to happen? Like you're kind of propped up to think, oh, well, people will have to leave the Oasis and they'll have to go back out into the real world and start interacting with each other in real life again. But like, you know, that's completely unrealistic. Like what that means is like the Oasis, which was awesome now is gone. And so what's people, what's going to happen? Iowa, 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 Oasis version two. And that's all that you're going to have. So you're going to have a shittier product, but like everyone's still going to do it. Cause that's what they've been doing for the last 20 years. Like you're not pushing that button's not really going to change anything. I don't think, but maybe I'm on that red button. Hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe we maybe we don't have time to really go into that. Maybe maybe noodle on that and we can revisit. Be- maybe that's unless a great somebody has something the they want to say. Ooh. Van uh, Shy, I don't want to cut you off if you have something to say about that though. You were saying ooh. That's a big red button. Ooh. Yeah. No, yeah. It's good. Okay. Good time. Yeah, maybe it's maybe a, just something to think about. Just like I just really I, like I don't, that know, I don't like know that, that I really believe the it, easy like, button. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um we promised that we'd give Van a chance to tell us his revised take after finishing the movie. How'd that go for you, Van? Yeah, it. Um, my opinion's exactly the same as it was last time. Yeah, that's all. Because because I didn't, I didn't because care to finish it's not applicable. <laughs> 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 because I have no new information to base my opinion on. Nice. <laughs> I just couldn't, I had no motivation to, and I was like, dude, I can mine for an hour and get 30,000 gil, or I can watch the, <laughs> another hour of this crap, and I'm not going to do that. Let's do it at the same time. Yeah, That's yeah, true, I'll I could do it at the same time. Maybe I'll do that next time. Yeah, they're not <laughs> independently exclusive. You got, Maybe you I'll got do it during our podcast, podcast next time. There you go. Our podcast week. Oh, wait, what? Um, all right, and then do we want to talk about character casting super fast? I don't have a, yeah. I don't have a lot of thoughts yeah. about that. I mean, if you guys do, that's cool. The only thing I want to say is I 
one of the real points of the book to me was that the the avatars in the oasis were kind of idealized versions of people and their real life version was generally much less attractive and much less cool especially with wade as the main character like he it was very much his character progression that like he wasn't proud of his body he wasn't proud of what he looked like at the beginning of the book and then he it's something he worked on and, and cared about as time went on and secondarily with artemis that like her character in the oasis was not supposed to be that like she wasn't like the supermodel type like she looked more like a normal person in the oasis than a lot of people and then it turned out that her real life character actually looked very similar or her real life character not her real life character but like in her in real life she looked a lot very similar to her character and just had like a birthmark. I feel like they really missed the mark with both of those things. Like Wade does not look at all bad in my opinion in in his real life version. Like he's just a normal guy. Like he's like okay, maybe he's a little scruffy, but he's not an unattractive. He's not super overweight. There's not really that far for him to go. And like they didn't really touch on that in the movie to be fair, and maybe that's why like they kind of cut that that self-development out which I was disappointed in because that's something I really liked. And the same thing with Artemis, like her character, like she's not at all the way she's described in the book. She's a lot more attractive, both in, in the avatar and in real life. Like I felt like that was just kind of weird to me. And, and uh, one of the things I liked about it, and cause I feel like that's kind of re- real, like you, you guys know this about me and making games in or characters in games that like a lot of times if there's like a portly character or something, I like to do that. Cause like, I don't feel like all the characters should be a hundred percent fit and buff and cool. Like that's just not realistic. People come in all shapes and sizes and you shouldn't be ashamed of that. But uh, so I guess that was something I liked about the, the book that like they actually addressed that and made that a part of it. And then in the movie, they just kind of like hand waved and said, now we're just going to use beautiful people. Cause that's what we do in Hollywood. Maybe it's a Taru 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 reporting in. Dude, so, I, yeah. Eleven. So when you said like homely people, like I mean, I I have to I have to think of Star Wars: The Old Republic and like how you and I were running oh. around with those two portly like gunners. Oh, oh man, I so love that. Awesome. That's still yeah, my so favorite good. character I've ever made in any MMO. Was my my yeah. evil Sith Lord? He was like he was like a Do you fat his name. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I, I can't remember, remember either. Mine was mine was Tootie McTutterton, but it read like <laughs> it read to Tim Cutterton. <laughs> I feel like mine was like Eduardo or something, <laughs> like Darth Eduardo, and he was like he like had like the little mustache and he was really fat, but oh, otherwise so he was he was Emperor Palpatine. He's like shooting force lightning. Like, <laughs> so good, I love that. I love that character. I wish I could have him back. What's that game? We that was that podcast. We should do Old Republic. It was not a good game at all. <laughs> it was. It was. It had. It, had no, it wasn't. It had some moments. I feel like we have done a podcast on it. Probably. Um, yeah, you're probably right. I. Uh, I, I want to. <clears throat> I want to respond to that really quickly, smiley, because you've touched on a nerve here. Um, and I know yeah. we're running. We're really running low on time here, so I'm going to keep this brief. Right. But uh, um, I'm not if Van has seen these, but have you, you've seen the Sam Raimi Spider Mans, right? Yes. So with Tobey uh, Maguire as yes, Tobey Maguire. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then did you see the Amazing Spider-Man movies with Andrew Garfield? No, I didn't watch those. those but you I know mean. what Andrew Garfield looks like, like you know yes. the actor. I do. So like yeah. I loved Tobey Maguire Spider-Man because he's he's a nerd. Tobey Maguire just yeah. looks nerdy yeah, and like so geeky yeah, and like he so fit perfectly. Yeah. Like those, I really have a soft spot for those three movies. The third one wasn't Me as too. good, but the first and second one were just solid movies. So podcast. I don't dislike the Amazing Spider-Man movies either. I think they have their high points. But like when they cast Andrew Garfield, when he showed up in the first movie, and they're trying to make him play him off as this like geeky nerd, and it's like, yeah. no, he looks like a Hollywood heartthrob. It's like, what? Yeah. Like, no, that's not realistic at all. And like, I think the I totally agree with you about Ready Player One. It's like right off the gate, you're like, this guy is not, you know, yeah. someone who would be who would lack confidence unless he, like, you know, I don't like like based on his physical attributes. Um, I don't know. Yeah, totally, totally, totally agree with you, Smiley. Uh, we have not done a Star Wars: The Old Republic. Podcast. Yeah, but it was mentioned though. I mean, it's probably yeah. I'm sure it's been mentioned a lot. There, yeah. We haven't we uh, haven't done that. In, cool. In Pop- episode uh, we did, in episode 55, we did the Star Pod trilogy, and Shy specifically spoke about the Old Republic. So. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Gosh, I guess we touched on a little bit of everything in that in that Star Wars block. It's all melded together. All right. One final question. Uh, you know what? No, what? We're gonna save it. We'll save it for nice. a question. Got a question of the day for you next time. Question okay. of the month question of the month as it would be so 
Thank you for being with us. I am going to give us our spiel, as always. If you want to get in touch with the Focus Target Podcast, we can be found in many of your social media platforms. We are on Twitter at Focus Target. We have a YouTube page, Focus Target Podcast. You can find all of our um, previous episodes there. You can find the streaming stuff that we've done on the side, some of our out-of-focus podcasts. Uh, all kinds of stuff is that's kind of our archive. Um, we have a Twitch, twitch.tv uh, slash focus target podcast we're streaming live now and we will always uh announce on there when we go live especially if we change our days uh that would be a good way to find out when we're going live again and finally of course the best way to reach us is via email focus target podcast at gmail.com so thank you all for being here season three episode 101 i am your host smiley this is shy and i'm ben as always cover us porkins we're out